to Self-ish, finding me time when there's no time. In this episode of Selfish, Amy and I talk to the lovely Emma from First Day's children's charity. Emma shares an insight into her life as a mum of two and CEO and how she finds time for self-care when there really is no time. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Selfish, finding me time when there's no time and wow, we've got a guest today that will know all about trying to find time when there's no time. Because, well, do you know what? I'm not going to introduce Emma. I'm going to let let her tell you all about her and what she does. Emma, welcome. Hello. My name is Emma Cantrell. I um, have two children who are 10 and, um, I don't remember, like eight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's something around that age, Um, uh, who I had quite young um, and um, I got divorced from their dad when they were really little. So um, we've been kind of uh, muddling through co-parenting for the last um, seven years. Um, I run a charity which I started um, when my son was 10 weeks old and my daughter was 22 months old and I wow. what? Don't know, I don't know why I did it I still cannot work out um, what came over me but yeah I, I run this charity that's now um, really um, big sadly because we help families living in poverty so um, the issue has got a lot more um, a lot worse over the last kind of eight years and um uh, yeah, we've we're kind of helping thousands of children every year, which is um, uh, massive. That is incredible. So, what kind of things do you when you say you help parent, families in poverty? Is it money? Is it items? Is it or a bit of everything? What what is it that you yeah, actually do? So it all started with because my when my son was born, um, we had moved house and all of our neighbours came over. Um, who we had literally been on like waving in the street terms with and um, they came over with all of their baby stuff and um, my husband at the time called it middle class fly tipping because it was just a really (laughs) polite way (laughs) to get rid of all your stuff Um, and I had worked in um, with families living in poverty um, and other vulnerable people prior to having kids and I just knew there was a massive need um and it wasn't in my house I did not need you know 400 baby grows um but there were people who did so I just thought I there's someone needs to be the middleman between this so we started off with literally taking in donations of stuff giving them to families who need them over the years we've grown and evolved and we still do that that's still primarily what we do so um, especially school uniforms which as I'm sure you know are ludicrously expensive um, beds um, some clothes loads and loads of stuff for new babies um, Christmas presents birthday presents and the exciting thing is we are now um, expanding so we're carrying on doing that but we're expanding and we've got some new projects in the pipeline which are going to be um, pretty mega I'm just working on a project to provide um, NCT style antenatal classes and support peer support but free of charge to families who can't afford it Um, and I'm working with midwives to develop a really cool 
programme um, for that and some, you know, feeding support and all that. I mean, NCT classes is buying your friends, right? It's just purchasing <laughs> a friendship group. So, I'm not social <laughs> enough to have done those. I just was like, oh, no, no don't want to talk to people. <laughs> exactly so it was you know and if so like and we're just working on some projects like that at the moment which should be able to give access to families uh you know things that are financially unobtainable but are really really important Mm -hmm. in family life so um yeah it's really exciting it's amazing um going back so I'm still stuck on this 10 weeks and 22 months <laughs> stage was that yeah. so were you on maternity leave at that point was this like a, a sort of part-time yeah. sort of <laughs> hobby for want of a better word that then turned into something bigger or did you just at that moment decide right this is what I'm going to do now yeah I was on maternity leave but um I had I it was that awful thing where I decided I probably wouldn't go back but I'll just wait to tell them until I've had them pay and um which I think a lot of people do but um I had kind of decided that it wasn't going to work mostly because of the cost of childcare. like I would Mm -hmm. have been losing money and I liked my job but not that much um so I started the charity um really without a great plan just um thinking that it was something that I wanted to do and it just took off and it it you know I didn't make any money from it I've only been employed by the charity for the last year I was running it basically in my spare time and when it's all very um kind of one thing led to another but as my marriage broke down I realized I needed a job um so I went and I worked full-time for other charities whilst I was running first days on the side um so that was really busy. I had three years where I worked full time for a charity um, as the CEO in um, Oxford, which is about an hour away from where I live um, and ran first days as well. So I really had no time. So the last year, even though we've been in a pandemic, it's been quite a luxury just having one job. <laughs> it's been really nice. <laughs> so with that in mind, finding time for me time when there is no time and literally during that time, there was no time. Did you make time for yourself and a bit of self-care? And like we're not just talking about, I mean, we've talked about this before, haven't we, Amy, about um, not self-maintenance. Yeah, not just face masks and a bath, which is nice as that is. Actually having time for yourself. How on earth did you do that? Um, Well, firstly, I um, did the cliched thing of completely and utterly burning out and making myself Mm -hmm. very, very poorly. So I spent a few years um, absolutely um, believing that if I wasn't working, there was something wrong. I was, you know, I had children, I had young children who didn't sleep. I was working really, really hard. I got caught in that trap of constantly wanting to tell the internet how hard I was working because I think that I thought that made me a valid human being somehow. Um, And I absolutely, I ended up being hospitalised um with what the doctors were sure was a stroke um because I just lost all uh, all feeling in one side of my body um it was really really scary um and it ended up that I was just really very tired (laughs) like so 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 tired and it was it's a very it's a particular sort of migraine that can cause that type of um reaction but um when I was what really uh, it's a really strange thing but I was in hospital my mum was 
out for dinner with one of her friends, this um, French guy, and uh, she was, you know, telling him that I was in hospital and we were messaging. You know, I was I was fine, but we were messaging. And um, he said he was explaining kind of what my life was like and um, how I had, you know, worked so so been working so so hard and I'd had you know all this upheaval in our in our, my um, private life and um he said to her and I'm not going to do a French accent but you can imagine it he said well she's paying the bill you always <laughs> oh. have to pay the bill and that yeah just like that one sentence just changed my whole outlook on on my so I know now that if I have a really really busy week there'll be a bill to pay and I, it's up to me how I pay it and, and where I, and when. <laughs> yeah. And that is honestly, that's like changed everything. That's amazing. Cause it's so true. Um, so I'm thinking back to last year when you were, did your mammoth running fundraiser. <laughs> did you have a bill to pay for that? Because you, that on top of everything else. I mean, explain to Fee what you did, because obviously Fee might not have seen. Yeah, so last year state. I decided that I, because I had a, I got a place in the London Marathon in the ballot, which is, you know, unheard of. So I decided that um, I wouldn't just run the marathon, but over the course of the year, I would run 2,020 kilometres. What? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Whoa. I ran, I think I added, I ran like 25 half marathons, um just in my spare time um I ran a marathon oh I did God. I was doing you know 20 mile runs it was running four or five times a week and I decided to do this um in December 2019 so it was long you know it was way before the pandemic was even a you know glint in our eye it was um it was you know I was expecting wow. a normal kind of year and I had a real and then what happened with work was um exactly this week last year um my charity was asked to run a food parcel distribution hub on behalf of the local authority so I was then working um for kind of four or five months flat out we distributed like 5,000 food parcels or something insane um yeah it was nuts and it was like a brand new service you know off the ground in no time and I was still doing all this running um so it was really hard. Um, and I absolutely, I think what's been really strange reflecting on it in the last few months since I've not been um, having to force myself to do so much running, because I I really felt determined to finish the challenge. You know, people had sponsored me a lot of my, I'd raised, I raised a lot of money and I just felt like I had an obligation, which is silly. So people, offered to, people offered to help you finish it. I oh, remember yeah. you, you were burning out yeah, and you wouldn't let them. <laughs> No, I'm definitely stubborn, but um, I, I'm really glad I did it. It was really, it was a massive thing to have um, achieved it. And I did the last 5K on New Year's Eve. So I really pushed it like wow. to the last possible day. But um, I mean, there was a massive sense of achievement, but actually I've, I've had to kind of um, almost start again with exercise and running and you know moving my body because I like it and not because I have to yeah. um and you know running because it, I I it is my me time um some of my me time I also really like sitting down but um <laughs> it is you know do you ever sit down <laughs> yeah loads <laughs> 
I mean, is this your me time? Class is your <laughs> yeah. Time? I'm sitting. You never stop. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's interesting what you were saying. I mean, we've touched on selfish before about how there's this. You're kind of brought up almost to believe that you must be busy all the time, busy, 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 and that busy means that you're successful, and busy means that you're incredible, and that you mm-hmm. are. And if you're not busy, then you're worthless kind of you know but but Amy and I think that we've seen a change over this last year that people are actually going hold on a minute that doesn't busy doesn't mean that you're successful or that Mm. you're brilliant you know it's it's important to take that being busy isn't glamorous um Mm. or I think it's quite funny to say about um, how you were proving to the internet that you were busy, Emma, because obviously I followed you for quite a few years and you were one of the people that I'd always look at going, I'm not even doing half what she's doing and I'm knackered and, you know, paddling desperately just to keep my head above water. My God, she's amazing. But obviously I didn't see how burnt out you were. Um, And the like like Fee says I do think that people are starting to be a little bit more honest I mean part of me watches the ebb and flow of the internet and the bandwagon and again you see you see and what people are sort of jumping on board of but I think it's quite interesting that maybe we are starting to maybe that is a, a maybe and I don't like to say there's a positive to the last year but maybe people having more time is realizing that that is actually nicer and it's not a failing to sit and read a book or sit on a bench and have a coffee or or something. Do do you um, do you think that the paying the bill thing changed that mindset um, of being a, choosing to sit down? Totally. I mean, I am definitely naturally a busy person. Throughout my whole life, I've done that thing where you try and clear things out of your calendar, and it just gets full again. I am just I do have a lot of energy I know I'm I am an extrovert who was brought up in a family of massive introverts so I you know I used to feel like I'd walk through the front door and I'd just hear doors closing because they were all like oh no she's home she's gonna want to speak to us she's gonna want to do something but um I you know I've always been kind of had lots of energy been um busy but um I don't I no longer think that that makes me a better human being or a more worthy or worthwhile person on the planet Um, and I think that takes a lot of work I had some therapy and kind of had a reset um, after I you know had that burnout and it's just not worth being in that position and actually I think I really craved things like um, like to be honest being told how great I was you know I really want people to see that I'm doing this and see that you know and call and say that I'm brilliant and look what I've done and then when people do oh it just doesn't make you feel like a better person like it just I think that comes it's such a cliche but it comes from inside and I think you know I've spoken to people who have you know a lot of people will say you know once I get to this point I will um you know I'll feel so much better or things will be better or I will like myself more. You know, um, I lost a bit of weight. I put on weight after I had my kids and it stayed there for a while and I wanted to lose the weight and I did. And um, I thought, you know, I would feel better about myself. And I certainly did feel better about being able to wear clothes that I felt more comfortable in. But um, 
it didn't change how I felt about myself inside. <laughs> and I think those realizations that actually people saying you're great, that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything if you don't feel it yourself. And, you know, I think that's where I, I had to come to terms with the fact that, um, I needed to be happy with myself if I was doing everything or nothing. And, you know, I think then that's where you can find that balance. I think that, that's a really, really amazing. important thing yeah. because um, I, I think the more I found that when I'm at my lowest, I am asking people for feedback more mm-hmm. to make me feel, to almost justify me building my, you know, to build me up again. But actually it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't actually make a difference because if you're having to ask people you obviously aren't trusting your own instincts and your own feelings but it's a really easy trap to fall into especially with social media there that's so easy to to try and get a bit of validation then and there it's a selfie trap isn't it I've yeah. I, I'm like check on your friends who are posting too many selfies like they are not okay <laughs> it's yeah. you know they're, they're struggling it's I think it's um yeah, that validation on, I, I can remember thinking, oh, once I've got like this many followers, I really yeah, feel like I've made counts. it. And you never do. You're just chasing. So yeah. actually something I do absolutely religiously for self-care now is never, ever, ever check how many followers I've got, who's following me, who's unfollowed me. I couldn't tell you how many views I get on things like I'd be a terrible influencer because I don't know any of the data (laughs) and I don't want to and that is that is self-care for me because I know that I could easily fall into that trap of relying on that for validation and it's empty it's so easy to fall into that trap though isn't it I mean I know that I compare myself to strangers on the internet quite frequently, even though I do this podcast and tell say, we mustn't do it, we mustn't do it. And I think it's a mindset. I could wake up having, like Amy was saying, having a bad day, feeling a bit mm. sorry for myself, and then look and see that I've lost 10 followers and think, oh, well, that must mean that I'm rubbish as well. They think yeah, I'm rubbish too. And it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, and like I do a free advice, a free parenting advice service, and mm. I've always, it's always been free. I never charge. And yet people who charge in the same kind of thing that I do have got like a hundred thousand followers. And I'm like, I don't get it. Why people pay for that. And they have lots of followers. I do it for free and don't have as many. And then, you know, I was talking to my husband about it and he said, but you don't do it for the followers and you don't do it for the money. You do it because it makes you feel good and it makes you feel happy. So don't care. And I was like, no, that's so true. But it is still hard. It's still hard not to, when you're living in a society that is, social media is a massive part, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's quite hard. So how did you stop doing that? How did you just think, oh, I need to not do it? Well, I, I, I realized that it was causing me damage. I went through this, it was... At, at the height of the kind of um, mummy influencer that, you know, when it was all, there was a time before the bubble burst um, around those, that particular group of mum influencers um, where it was just, I, I felt like there were these cliques of um, mums with these women with who were parents with these businesses. And there was all those kind of mum boss type um, hashtags and, um, I realized it was making me really bitter because I was like, do you know what? 
I run a charity that I don't make any money from, that I've broken myself to help thousands of people And no one is hashtagging me mumpreneur. Like I, I got really <laughs> angry about it. And um and I had what I had to do was deactivate or yeah, I deactivated my Instagram for six months. It was wow. like I just went cold turkey. Um because I realized that it was making me not very nice. It was just making mm. me not yeah. it was making I was developing things that went from thoughts to actual attitudes of just like, oh, you know, who do they think they are? But, they probably just think they're women trying to make a living and make themselves happy. And they probably have exactly the same insecurities that I have. And, you know, and they probably have the same motivations that I have as well. Uh, So, and then I tentatively went back online with some very strict rules, which were never to look, never to have one of those apps that tells you who's unfollowed you, never to check if someone's following me before I follow them, never to check who views my stories or anything like that so I I couldn't tell you um, any of those things and also if someone makes me if those feelings are triggered I will just mute that person and Mm -hmm. I've I've had to mute some quite close friends and I will then go back and unmute them because it's definitely me not them yeah you know they are not doing anything wrong it's all me and actually I need to control my um my behavior on that because you know it was it was definitely making me quite angry and, and upset and I had to get some perspective back so I just got some really strict rules about that kind of thing just because I know that it's a bit of a you know fall down a wormhole yeah that's such good advice I need to do that more (laughs) and it's really refreshing as well because I don't think you're the only one who feels like that um but I think because it's all quite new still isn't it even though social media has been around for ages you know I've been on Instagram for 10 years 10 years now um it's still new because the cycle is moving and, you know, we're seeing how it's slipping into day-to-day life rather than being a fad or, you know, you assume, well, you know, I, when I used to work in marketing, they'd come out and say, right, we need to go viral because that's the word that was the fad of the week or we need to be on this because that was the fad of the week and it would go. Instagram's clearly here to stay mm. um, and so are influencers. Um, and, and so the comparison culture is still quite new. Um, and so I think it's quite refreshing that people are honest about it because I don't think people always are. I think people are embarrassed to admit actually that person has made me feel really shit about myself. Because yeah. again, it's that's not what you put on social media. You don't say that that person, ever, you know, hundreds of thousands of people think are brilliant, is making you feel like failure. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I think it's just. It's like everything, I think, you have to know where your boundaries are, where your limits are, and when you need to just say no, you know. Totally. And like you were saying to, you know, you don't have to unfollow people, but you could just mute people for a while that are making you feel bad. And, and, Mm. you know, again, it's not, it might not just be them, it's you that's feeling that way. So while you're dealing with your feelings to just kind of mute people, yeah. Yeah. I think the word boundaries comes up a lot. Over the last few um, episodes we've been recording, a lot of people have talked about boundaries with self-care. And it's clearly, from everything you've sort of said, boundaries is your top self-care tip. Do you, um, what are your go-to 
me time just trying to recharge things so definitely um exercising mm-hmm. um i'm an i i i'm a massive fan of napping i can nap anywhere for any period of time i've How? been to i've been known to set an alarm for 4 minutes to have a 4 minute nap before the school Whoa, run that's a yeah. signal <laughs> so have you ever had insomnia or do you sleep really well wherever? I have, um, but it's always linked to like really bad times of anxiety or, mm-hmm. you know, so I've never had that insomnia of just um, being awake and not really being able to, you know, um, rationalise why. I mean, I've definitely mucked it up where I've had like a cup of coffee at 7pm and had a four hour nap before that. I mean, no one's getting to sleep at any <laughs> time. So jealous of you right now. That's when I watch crime dramas, you know. But I, like napping is, I've been known to pull over um, like into a siding on the, on like an A road and have a 10 minute nap because I'm a bit. (laughs) That's amazing. I love love that. Apparently I've always been like it. My mum says that I used to get home from school every single day and have a nap, like I think till I was 18 so just <laughs> I don't know amazing. yeah I I don't know I th- so I'm, I'm a big big fan of naps um I take quite a lot of daytime baths um I and a bath like I I'm at, I'm a big fan of baths as well and it can only be I find that five or ten minutes is enough and everyone who I've ever lived with um hates me for being so wasteful of hot water but I don't care it's <laughs> worth it um yeah, otherwise uh, you get like shriveled up. I'm well, like, I kind of, you know, probably 15 minutes max is my yeah. bath time. Because then Maybe. I feel like I don't really want to be sitting there anymore. I want to get out. No, exactly. And the thing is, I don't need much time to recharge. I think I, I you know, I'm aware of the fact that I am a massive extrovert. Um, in one of my first jobs, we did that Myers-Briggs thing. And um, the the teacher guy, whoever it was, made me redo the questions. Because he was like, seriously, you're like 100% extrovert um you know do you ever need any time to yourself and I'm like yeah five to ten minutes like that's it so I'm really lucky in that respect but um running is really important or any form of exercise I play netball as well in normal times and that is absolutely like I love that um napping and I I like I really really like watching tv I just you know, give me a box set, a crime drama, something like that. And I will, I'll happily sacrifice an hour of sleep at night to, to watch some TV. But, and, but I also, I like really, really like talking. So I, you can like, um, my mum, like if we go out for a spa day, she like, gives me a timer. She's like, I'm going to give you an hour now to talk. And then I'm going to need to where you don't. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's about, I think it is about knowing like the little, like the little wins, especially when you've got a busy life and young kids and everything. And also I'm, I'm really, really lucky that I've got a job where whilst it's a very, very stressful, very intense job and I work, you know, full time, um, I can take time out. It's not a job where I have to sit at my desk. If I find myself sitting at my desk, staring into space, I just pack up and go home or go out for a walk or do something that gives me that time to myself. So I think it's just about snatching the little time is it doesn't have to be a big kind of, I'm going to have four hours now. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do here as well is encourage people 
you know, to say, to take that time. It doesn't need to be having Mm. a day off or an afternoon off. It can just be 10 minutes sitting quietly somewhere or one of Amy's favourites is to have a cup of tea, isn't it, in the garden? Yeah, just go outside and breathe in the fresh air or let the sun hit my face. If the sun hits my face, I mean, I woke up this morning feeling horrendous um, and I haven't been for my run yet, um, which I'm a bit scared about actually saying that to you now. Um, (laughs) But um, but I I, I went on, I went in the car and I just sat for, as the sun was shining while I was driving Larry to school, I just felt so much better. Even that little thing, I didn't realise, because I don't really particularly enjoy the school run, as in I'm not a people person. I'm glad that I'm now at the stage where I can pull up and say, right, see you later. And then he comes and meets me at the car. But even that, just moving out of the house and getting the sun on my face and putting um, a podcast on makes a massive difference to me. Oh, gosh. I mean, this morning, um, the... Oh, the batteries had run out in the, the uh, Bluetooth keyboard that my boyfriend uses. He's having a meltdown about the uh, not being able to plug his laptop in or so. I don't know what. Anyway, needed some batteries. So I said I'd walk to the shop and get some. And um, I just took like a long way round, which takes you like down by the river in this beautiful, beautiful town. Um, but it was, I just added an extra like five minutes on and just stood and stared at the water for five minutes and took some deep breaths. And that, you know, it definitely changed my mood. I think, as you say, just little things like that. Um, I had a really amazing therapist who said, just look upwards, like find the sky and look at it. And even that makes a huge, huge difference. That's a really good tip. Really good advice. It, I want to talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you I love talking. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do another episode then, I, I think, think. We will. And I think we need to do a marathon episode. So before we before we end our chat, because I cannot believe we're out of time, but it's gone so quickly. Um, very quickly, you girls are running crazy distance. Well, clearly it Emma's going terrifying. to be fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely having a... On a Saturday morning, I'll wake up and go... What am I doing? I, I shouldn't have done this. I need to not do this. And then I'll go for a, like a 5K jog and I'll come back and think, oh my God, I feel amazing. And then I'm like, that's three miles. <laughs> that doesn't if even take do me it, out of the 20 mile mark. It <laughs> so, gets easier. I, I ran in 2007. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, awesome. it was amazing. But I, um, I got really bad cramp at mile 15 so from 15 till 26 I walked but I had to wow. do it because I was doing it for charity and I just feel like no I've got to do Absolutely. it and St John's well, ambulance did... and massaging your legs and yeah. it's and, but it, it was I did great the, I did the virtual I did it virtually in October 2020 and it was the best four and a half hours of 2020 I loved every single second of it so and that's because I trained really well and I did all the right things and yeah. we can have a good chat about all the things I did and you know for for our team at first days we've got an awesome running coach who you will love so um we'll get I've been stalking her. her today yeah um, I got we'll get chatting to her She's you'll, you'll love it you will love it the atmosphere is incredible the people that line the streets are incredible it's all positive there's not one negative thing I'll say other than Vaseline is your friend yeah. <laughs> 
I just might just be sobbing the entire time. I get so emotional. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to get some like really um, horrible crime podcasts to keep me going then. <laughs> oh, it, it has been amazing um, chatting to you. Where can people find you, Emma? And how can Thank they donate so to your charity? Much. Yep, have a look for Emma Cantrell on social media or um, First Days and um, all the information's there, link in the bio and all that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. I need a little time for me to just be free of the daily. I need a little time for myself-ish. You're listening to Self-ish. Finding me time when there's no time.